Hello and welcome back to the Rough Trade Edit podcast. Since you last heard from us, the world has experienced incredible change. It's a testing and deeply affecting time for so, so many people. Um, every new day is bringing uncertainty and a further test to our individual and collective strength and perseverance. So how to stay positive? Stay in touch with family and your good friends, read books, make good meals, write, paint, draw, get out into the fresh air at a safe distance, listen to music. Um, solidarity and supporting each other is totally key during this period and I just want to personally thank all of our Rough Trade customers and friends who have shown us so much love and sent so many well wishes to our shops and staff in the last week. It's obviously been super tough and it will continue to be so, but we're going to stay safe and do everything in our power to keep our music community going, including, of course, making this show. So all of our stores are now closed until further notice, but you can still browse and buy music online 24-7 at roughtrade.com.uk. Um, unsurprisingly, Nige isn't with me today and I don't have the technical wizardry at home to digitally have us both here. But nevertheless, we still want to tell you about the new music we're listening to. And to assist with that this week, I have enlisted the wise observations of Al Mills, who some of you might know from behind the counter at Rough Trade West. I gave her some albums from our Rough Trade edit to review and she has fired back some mighty fine responses, um, which I will take you through in just a moment. But also this week, the incredible Baxter Dury chats to me about new album, The Night Chances. I bloody love Baxter Dury. Um, I think he is one of my, probably one of my favourite guests I've ever had. He's just so incredibly chill, a real joy. Um, so yes, definitely stay tuned for that. I also just want to paint a little picture of my recording setup for you. So I'm working from home this week and obviously for the foreseeable future. And the only place I could think of suitable for mimicking a studio is the cupboard under my staircase. So our house has high ceilings and hard floors. Um, so everywhere is kind of super echoey. But hey, if you're listening to this, then it probably means that it worked out somewhat. But apologies in advance if the sound is a bit different to normal. Anyway, I digress. Let's get into some new edit albums. Here is what Al had to say. First up, we have Ultra Ista with new album Sister. So Partisan Records never seem to put out a bad record. It's almost as if they're working with witchcraft or something because they're straight up killing it always. You could so easily play Legends Bingo with this record because the lineup is ridiculous. Literally all the cool kids who would have sat at the back of the classroom at school and then grown up to become total legends. The checklist includes Grammy-winning producer, engineer, musician and Radiohead collaborator Nigel Godrich, who you can thank for all the moody bus rides you've ever taken in the London rain. Drummer Joey Waronka, who's toured, recorded with everyone from R.E.M., Beck and Roger Waters. We've got singer Laura Betterson, who has a voice that sounds like really well-ornamented green kitchen tiles. Um, this song you're about to hear is easily the liveliest track on the record, but Al would fully recommend listening to this while in a bath and drinking some kind of fancy drink like matcha. Here we go.
So that was Tin King by Ultra Ista. Next up, we have Tony Allen and Hugh Masakella releasing Rejoice. Flared jeans everywhere and lots of feel good because this is exactly what the world needs right now. When in doubt, become best friends with fellow cootie and take things from there. When in even more doubt, pick a track simply because it's close to lunchtime and the thought of coconut jam is incredible. To quote the boss himself, Rejoice is a kind of South African Nigerian swing jazz stew with its roots firmly in Afrobeat. So yeah, here we go, a nice dollop of coconut jam. back jazz and legends are go as we move on to the new album visions the love child of everyone's favorite futurists bad bad not good recorded in toronto if you like smooth jazz piano so sharp it's essentially gin and tonic with keys and ultimate vibe then this is for you this is so incredibly soothing it's basically liquid lavender to the ears al was really tempted to call this the la la land soundtrack for grown-up jazz connoisseurs but that might be a stretch too far here's a little black magic Next, and we have the highly anticipated second release from the global powerhouse that is Lapsley. Written and recorded during her transition into young womanhood, Through Water is a record of swimming pool clarity, artistic awareness and all levels of utter bliss. So why not keep things simple for the rest of the day, switch on to switch off to the outside world and enjoy. Here is Lapsley and Woman. there we go a huge thanks to al for writing and pouring love into those reviews um the final spotlight today is on the debut album from the once so released on the 13th of march this is one that we have been anticipating for a little while now at rough trade um the record could only have been made in new york uh, it's decorated with doom laden lyricism it's dark it's industrial gritty post-punk um, that features really minimal noir synths and multiple personas explored by lead Madison Velding Van Damme. It's just sensational, um, and I just I just really urge you to give it a listen. And also, a fun fact, Madison and Heather from the band are also members of Bodega, so truly excellent credentials there. It's jagged, kind of complex, bold really industrial sounding but also peppered with more emotional songs akin perhaps to more of an interpol record um so with that in mind check out this track which is my favorite 
Fear My Society. That was awesome. I really, really love that track. I've listened to it, I think, about five times in a row today already. So that probably says it all. Um, yeah, that wraps our edit highlights for this episode. Thank you so, so much for listening and tuning in. Do keep in touch via social media if you want to start a conversation about anything you have heard in the show today or just music generally. Do get in touch via Twitter, hashtag Rough Trade Edit Podcast. And yeah, feedback always, always very, very welcome. Um, fingers crossed the whole cupboard under the stairs thing worked out. I think it did. I hope so. Um, and we should be back on track to deliver another show in a couple of weeks' time. In the meantime, please, please stay safe, keep well and keep listening. I will leave you now with the brilliant Baxter Deary, whose new album, The Night Chances, is out now. Mr. Dewey, welcome to the Rough Trade Edit podcast. Hello, how do you do? We're here to chat about your new record, yeah. The Night Chances, which yeah. is out on the 20th of March. Yeah. It's your sixth solo record. Yeah, but they're all solo records. They're all solo records. Yeah. And the last, of course, was 2017's Prince of Tears. Yeah. Um, And the album is made up of 10 songs and they kind of act as this brilliant... Um, or they act as these, these brilliant chapters kind of exploring various facets of human nature um, in particular um, about being caught out in your attempt at being free. Is that how you would describe a night chancer? Uh, yeah, a, a night chancer is sort of anyone. Anyone's a potentially appointed night chancer. That's someone just quite annoying at a, a vulnerable time of night usually. You know, someone on the other end of the wall making a noise when you don't need that noise. But you could be that person. Um, it's quite an abstract concept, but it's just someone that can you swear on these piss? Yeah, yeah. You used to say piss. Yeah, pisses you off. You're not at a vulnerable moment. So, and I'm sure that we're all capable of doing that ourselves. But I was talking about me being the victim there. Okay. And was the talking about you? Was the yeah. structure of the record? Um, did you kind of develop it as this sort of device, which you could kind of explore your own personal experiences or? Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of internally stuck in a loop of vanity. Not, mm. I mean, not vanity as in a sort of mirror-staring vanity, but more in an interest of how I operate and the world operates in accordance to me. Cause, and I don't really see beyond that. I mean, I try not to make that, you know, you, you could be me, with me for an hour and you wouldn't find that, mm. that I'm self-obsessed as such. But um, maybe in terms of where I source information from to write songs it's usually what what i call micro politics so it's about me and the people around me and my effect and their effect on me me yeah. me 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 yeah <laughs> but i guess also you could say was there sort of a hope when writing it that people might listen to it and see themselves in some of the things you were describing well, anything you do with any kind of educated sense of 
what it is is about you anyway. So Scorsese's makes a film that's about Italian families or something, you know, whatever. Mm. So I guess it's always a that you know you, you it starts with you always, and and usually your blood and sweat and DNA has to be in something for you to understand it in the beginning. And I just indulge in that a bit more than most other people maybe someone said quite politely and, and delusionally that oh it's very they said it in france obviously they said oh you look jack that jane austen i went yes i am like jane austen but meaning that she's into a sort of you know into yeah. more of a fantasy world of little nuanced interactions and failure romantic failures and you know i saw what this person was saying okay. so i do believe that i'm like jane austen oh there we go yeah <laughs> i'm gonna put that in uh on the website as part of our description of the album yeah. <laughs> it's gonna go right up there after this <laughs> thank you i stitched myself up <laughs> um i actually read in a in an interview did recently i think it was for so young magazine um where you said you wanted to conjure up something that made people feel dirty did I? Jeez, I don't know what that is that? But is that maybe? I think you've got you've got a keen interest in Stanley Kubrick. Am I yeah, right? I'm a, is I'm, that like the Kubrick effect? Maybe? Yeah, I think I'm just interested. I mean, it, I'm interested in um, like behavioural patterns with people, my, my own included, and and actually the kind of successful ones make less of an interesting copy. Really, they don't really they don't print well. You know what I mean? So I'm mm. just talking about the. The, the, you know, the uh, kind of, you know, when I say um, dirty, the kind of sleazier side of every, in, what the, in everybody, not sleazy in terms of Epstein or like, you know, someone horrible. Is yeah. his name Epstein? Yeah. yeah. You know, not dark, but just more miscalculated attempts at being what you might consider cool. You're in a band and you're too old or whatever. You know, it's mm. just about those kind of things. I think they're really interesting. Yeah. Wearing Argos gold chains and, as you, and as Brick you have, Lane. As you have on now. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's also a lot of reference um, to kind of social media and what do we say, the modern influencer. Yeah. A bit in there. Um, yeah. And it's kind of explored as this kind of innocent activity, but then also one that's kind of, seedy or kind of insatiable yeah um do you personally indulge in too much social media yeah i mean i'm sort of addicted to that that river of miscellaneous information that i don't need to know and i don't know if i'm very good at managing it yeah and, and especially in certain situations um yeah i think i i can i totally um dive into that constantly i'm constantly looking at it. it's a sort of human reflex I, mean, I yeah. didn't even notice i mean someone even pointed out you can see a kind of readout a data readout of your daily my oh son my did it the other day he said look 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 dad you're a weird guy oh, no no i just wear bay shoots <laughs> and argos chains that's normal <laughs> but um he went look at this and it was so it was like eight hours one day i looked Whoa. at it and i went fuck and he went look just chill dad you've got a kind of information fever yeah but it's getting to the point now where you don't realize how much you use it i suppose yeah and i think a lot of people go through maybe a bit of a love-hate relationship Mm. with social media i guess depending on how much you interact with other people and how much you're influenced yourself by what you see exactly and and also how much you sort of uh, measure about what you're how much you measure your progress but i mean especially promoting records and stuff you're yeah. suddenly all you know and you're encouraged to be a part of that system yeah and then you go oh this is fantastic and it's 90 percent positive or weirdly positive remarks or stuff and then you get the negative ones yeah. and then you're really involved you yeah know? but i don't think that will change i don't think we're all going to suddenly wake up out of some like 
data hangover and go, God, that was a weird time. We yeah. were I think we'll just grow the next generation. The next generation will just grow how to they'll manage it, won't they? Yeah. And yeah. We, I just personally can't. <laughs> but I'm not going to stop. So help me. <laughs> um, you put out your first album in 2002. So it's kind of, I guess since then, I was thinking about how much, I guess, the scape the landscape of music must have changed since then and and the the platform that you promote your music on how much that has changed would you say that um it's a better experience now than back then not so good or is it just really really different i think that's quite contained the sort of avenue of music i'm in that kind of arty world indie yeah. stuff you know the type of labels and stuff that hasn't changed that much the way you sell records there's a bit more of a rapid process in terms of technology improves a few things but i don't think things have changed that much the budgets are kind of the same mm. i mean they're almost the same as they were that well, okay. And if you've got a better footing, you always feel more in control of what you can do next and people are will more willing to finance you. That's yeah. always a good thing. So it, definitely an easier world than I'm in now because, you know, like I, I can kind of be myself and yeah. it's quite like, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I probably quite, there's a certain cap to where I could go, not negatively, but just that's, you know, I'm, I'm a certain artist and I'm probably near that place, you know, and that's quite, feels actually quite reassuring. So yeah. actually, when I think of it like that, I mean, I've been doing it in tiny increments for such a long time that I feel pretty like, you're an idiot, get rid of me. You know, <laughs> around. No. Are, you know, you are you surprised then by how much gravitas you've had and how, you know, your music is still really relevant and you can still put out records and enjoy it and people receive it not on non-arrogant not an arrogant response to that but no i mean i think i'm like i have a point you know and mm. i'm quite good at what i do so i don't question that so much um I, I i wonder where to go next because i don't want to hear another bloke talking over mute you know over a, a load of orchestrated music i yeah. mean that's a sort of a tired format to me okay. but beyond that no i'm thinking i'm really good we I'm think really you're great too yeah, thank you very much <laughs> this is where we yeah <laughs> Um, speaking of being really good, so Nigel saw you at End of the Road back in last summer, yeah, and thought you were sensational. Oh, and wonderful! Well, I like Nigel. I've known him for a long time. Uh, yeah. We all love Nigel. Um, so you're are you touring in April this year? Yeah, and do you have plans for more festival appearances? They they seem to be streaming in now. Yeah, we. I mean, you know, I don't know which ones you're allowed to mention or not, or which ones have been mentioned. But yeah, there's a lot we're doing. A lot of interesting kind of boutique festivals and some bigger ones that might happen. Yeah. And, you know, so and, good. And how how are you kind of preparing for that? How is Night Chances going to be brought to like the live stage? Is that quite a a process of preparation or do you just kind of just as you go along, you kind of find out what works, what doesn't? Yeah, you just got to go out there. I mean, sitting in a in, clinically trying to organise it is one thing, and you sit there. And I've sort of learned, like in the old days, I used to try and rehearse so much and obsess about it. And now, as I got older, I've got quite lass on veil, whatever the word is. I don't really care so much because I think it only really comes together. We did a gig last week in Hastings, which is quite a tough off-the-circuit place, the stony-faced yeah. people of Hastings. I'm not dissing <laughs> them, but they are quite emotionally, like, you know, yeah, complicated or not. And um, that was quite a good... We were a bit Madame Two Sorts. You know, I wasn't. The band were. Okay. I mean, I'm all over the gap on yeah, hands yeah. and fingers and faces. But, you know, it's quite interesting. And I just... You realise you can't really make... You can't get the blackboard out and go, you know, you need a bit more animated sort of uh life on stage i mean 
I quite like being the lively one and the band being quite Madame Two Swords anyway. So yeah. I don't. You, I think you just find, and each record has a different nature to it, so that informs the way that you move and act and express, and that just takes a while. Yeah. On that, and that's quite. It's really interesting, actually. Yeah. When once you start worrying about it, you just sort of let it. It's just. <laughs> it's the only spiritual thing I know about. Is that when when five or six people make music? Yeah. And then I act in a spasmodic way. <laughs> <laughs> all seems to be quite natural, you know. Right? It's all quite voodoo. Yeah, brings yeah. more meaning to getting in the zone. I suppose. Yeah, it's just in the zone, so yeah. I let it happen. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited for you to play Rough Trade East. Mm. Hopefully, I'm playing that on my own. Maybe. Is Are you? Right? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Actually, no, it is a solo. Solo. Yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, I've only ever done that once before. I mean, I don't know what you know the what the people might make of it. I did it once and it was really successful. I did it once uh, another time. I've done it twice and one time was a total carve up. <laughs> and everyone was just thinking this is brutally honest and artistic and shit. And another time I was brilliant. So let's see what happens. Oh, when was the last <laughs> time you did one just by yourself I then? I did it for, um, I think I did it for a heavenly thing at the Brunel Social Club. Oh, okay. And that, I was I was on form. Yeah. And, I can't and then I did it on French television about a month after that and totally fucked it up. Oh, God. I even stopped playing the piano and went, I fucked this up, mate, in front of the whole audience. <laughs> and the guy looked at me and went, Liam Payne. <laughs> he looked at Liam Payne and Liam Payne started singing. Oh, God. Yeah. He went, oh, my God. It was oh, a total stitch up. That's hilarious. So, in fact, I'm slightly haunted by the experience of doing it. So, we'll I'm see just, what happens. I would love to see a TV show where... Liam Payne follows you. That's, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> he was Liam Payne was very confused. He was like, you know, why is this weird old bloke <laughs> saying that can't play the piano or sing? Why yeah. was he here? Why did someone buy him a Euro start? <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny. Oh God. Do you find a TV appearances is it a very different experience like playing on TV to like obviously playing a gig or I mean there's the kind of um the countdown to it slightly nerve wracking. But not really. I mean, once you get your head around all these things, you're okay. I noticed a, a while ago, I mean, having a famous father and stuff, and when I started doing music, yeah. they put me on BBC, you know, the chat shows quite a few times on yeah. morning TV. And that's quite a weird experience because they stick you in a sort of, in a declimatizing chamber just before you go. You go in a room and it's very cold. And I realize yeah. it's because everyone's so nervous, they sweat so much. <laughs> that they kind of refrigerate oh. them before you go on. And that's really weird. And you're on yeah. your own because I think other people make you nervous. Yeah. This is only my, maybe it was only me that had that experience and this could have been a dream <laughs> and it might not have been real because it doesn't sound very real, does it, when we're talking about it? I mean, I haven't been on TV, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> maybe there isn't a refrigerated yeah. zone. <laughs> I don't know. If anyone knows about that, yeah. please tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Can so, confirm or unconfirm <laughs> that story. Amazing. Well, overall, you seem totally chilled and oh, super happy and like yeah, really well, enjoying yourself. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I'm really enjoying this album campaign. Yeah. I don't know why. I think the, the album I did prior to this, the bigger album I did, was all about a kind of breakup. And I and I didn't realize you'd carry the burden of that so seriously. Yeah. Sort of, you were in this sort of repeated rhetoric about something that you were trying to forget yeah. and actually wasn't therapy at all. And this is all a bit kind of, you know, as haphazardly exploring the the other side of that world. Yeah. And it's really fun. I'm like, hey, yeah, so I'm back. You know what I mean? I feel jolly about it. Were you, would you say you're more nervous about putting out that last record then than this one? Like it was a bit more soul bearing, I suppose? I think more. in that last record, I hadn't had such a footing. I wasn't with Heavenly and I hadn't reestablished a kind of footing back in, in England 
football in the UK. Whereas before that, it was always quite French eccentric, French centric kind of love that I had. So it was, we were playing a lot out there. So it was, it was nerve wracking to sort of see if it would work over here. And it was a song, that song Miami, that kind of broke through yeah. and sort of set us up again. And that feels quite natural now. So yeah, it was a little bit nerve wracking. It was quite tough. But now I'm just kind of relaxed about it. Yeah. Being on Heavenly is a really nice thing because they're just a very familiar bunch. Yeah. Quite clever, smart, yeah. family-like people. So that's yeah. really easy. Yeah. That's you really know. nice having that nice yeah. label home. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They're just good folk. I mean, you probably know them all, don't you? Yeah, yeah. nice having them. Yeah. yeah. Aw. Uh, this question feels a bit defunct now. Or maybe not. I don't know. Because you just seem so... Yeah, go on. So chill. But um, what would you say is your biggest motivator for making music and continuing to make music? I mean, I'm pretty competitive. Just because I might have a facade of relaxation now, I'm actually quite, um, I'm quite kind of um, constantly, I'm quite ADHD, whatever the thing is, you know, and I'm fragmented. So mm. I constantly need to do something different. But I, I guess, I just, yeah, that, I mean, that thing, I'm always kind of looking for something interesting to do. I mean, I'm in quite an interesting position where I can kind of veer off any... yeah path and beat and I can't quite sing and I can't I'm always chasing something that other people can do and in a way in between what I'm chasing and how good I am is is why I'm interesting yeah so if you can just keep that balance and perspective I can sort of do what I want bar get making some Egyptian horse music I don't know if that exists <laughs> what that is really. Oh my God, please that do that for your next Egyptian record Egyptian horse <laughs> imagine that. You that now. <laughs> massive Egyptian horse um but yeah, so um, in that, and I, oh, I'm always interested in. I always just like hip hop, and I always try and do hip hop, and it never sounds like it. Mm -hmm. And in a way, that's you, I don't know what that means, but that's what I try and do. Kind of creating yeah. your own your own version. Yeah, I'm trying to really create it, but I get it wrong. I'm from Chiswick, you know what I mean. I'm not from Brooklyn, so like, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I'd like to do more something. I, I'd like to do something away from um the kind of band and the th you know something yeah. smaller or yeah something more like in america i don't know what i want to do actually but I mean, do you think you'd explore more collaborative projects like the one you did recently possibly i mean that was quite tough actually yeah. because actually you go into something quite innocently and it was very very easy because you just don't think about it and i didn't really care about the consequences of it yeah and then everybody then when you're not if you haven't gone through the process of knowing all these people yeah very well. And then suddenly everyone kind of claims and has a different name and a different version of it. And you haven't grown up with them enough to sort of m totally take control like yeah. everyone else is doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was so natural of being like dominant person that goes, oh, this is this is what it's called. It's yeah. called The Night Chances and it's yeah. about this. And I found that quite difficult, especially that I'd written all the lyrics and the kind of okay, yeah. the character. I'm not dissing anyone else, but, you know, they weren't as good as me. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah having creative control i think if i was a musician that would be a huge thing for me yeah and like wanting it to be mine and yeah, yeah. making decisions well once you're once you're exposing yourself you can't you mustn't let anyone else interfere with that so yeah. when you're putting your personality onto something or being confessional yeah i'm very precious about protecting that because i'm actually i mean as I've, been, I think I've been quoted saying this before. One of my only skills is being quite honest, and so you're sort of drawing your own self out and my and the way I live and stuff. So yeah. I, you got to be quite protective of that. Yeah, I think. 
definitely. Yeah. And I think it's a really positive thing to be successful and be really honest because I'm sure there's a lot of people, particularly in the earlier stages of creating or doing art where they're maybe hiding part of who they really are. Well, I think that's inevitable. And you can get to a place where you can, if you can relax with it. Mm. I mean, the forces of being over famous are totally corruptive, you know, like, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I was brought up in a relatively fame soaked, you know, like a famous situation yeah. where I had a famous dad, but yeah. it, it's all what you comparatively call provincial fame. So it's what you, it's approachable fame. Mm. And so I've been able to, con- to have that. I'm not nearly as famous as my father was, but it, but we were got in a sense that you should never, you don't, alien, it was never alienating. No one yeah. jumped off a bridge or, you know what yeah. I mean? Or yeah. no one pointed a harpoon at us. Or, yeah. You know what I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was never threatening. Yeah. It was mostly cab drivers putting me saying, what? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Baxter, thank you so, so That's much right. for chatting to me. Um, the Night Chancers is brilliant. We love it. We can't wait for you to play a Rough Trade East. And yeah. All the best for the rest of the year. Thank you. And thank you. And, oh, can we play a track from the record? Yeah. What one can we, can you, we play? Uh, Any faves? Yeah. I like this ch- track called The Night Chances. Yeah. Oh, let me think. Um, we'll play I'm Not Your Dog. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Good choice. Yeah. But I've been following you everywhere. Some people like to show some people like to watch and I watch a bit too much but you show too much Ce n'est pas mon problème Je ne suis pas ton chien Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do so if you like what you hear then please rate us on iTunes